0: Digital Media and Tech in Dubai returns with episode five. Dubai's newest podcast focuses on bringing listeners topical segments and informative conversations with local experts, exploring the latest news and developments in the digital media and tech scene in the burgeoning international capital that is Dubai. I'm your host, Spencer Stryker, professor of digital media at the American University in Dubai. All episodes are recorded on location right here in the heart of Dubai's Media City. We are pleased to bring you our special guest for Episode 5, Digital Dubai's Command Center, Hussein Dejani, the COO of Hug Digital, a totally innovative, full-service digital agency located in Dubai's Internet City. As one of Digital Dubai's most plugged-in experts, with over 15 years' experience in the digital vertical, Hussein also serves as social media marketing lecturer at DM3 Institute, as mentor to startup incubators Turn 8 and Arabernur, and also speaks frequently at conferences all around the region. And for the first time, happy to introduce my AUD student guest, co-host for the week, Ihab Ishmael. We begin by exploring Hussein's career path, which began with a foothold in finance, which he quickly threw off in favor of creative industries. Starting out as brand communication manager for Leo Burnett, Hussein spearheaded integrated digital marketing strategies at JWT, Leo Burnett, and TBWA, before becoming head of online communities and communications for Virgin Mobile, Middle East, and Africa. Next, as Area Digital Manager, Hussein oversaw the digital campaign for Red Bull in the Middle East and Africa as well. Then we get into his current gig as COO of Hug Digital, the original pitch he made to the CEO and Chairman of the company, and the Cutting Edge Digital Command Center he has innovated there. In the context of what makes Dubai unique as a place of business and innovation, especially its multicultural complexity and diversity, our conversation explores the space of social slash digital influencers, whether there is a bubble and how to truly determine and quantify impact value. Hussein gives his no-nonsense analysis of the startup scene in Dubai, its strengths and weaknesses, his opinions of Dubai's top startups to date, the advice he gives to young entrepreneurs as a professional mentor, and his prognostications as to where Dubai's startup scene is heading. Finally, Hussein breaks down some of Dubai's digital verticals and where he sees opportunity for innovation and disruption. We hope you enjoy episode 5 of Digital Media and Tech in Dubai, Digital Dubai's Command Center. I would love to ask you to start off how you got to where you are today. How did you become the COO of Hug Digital? Interesting question. Well, I would say sleepless nights, but uh,
1: <laughs> now my journey in, it started in traditional advertising, basically. So between J. Walter Thompson to Lear Burnett to TPWA, moving from one country to the other, I did a couple of years in Saudi, I did a couple of years in Bahrain, in uh, Qatar. And um, Dubai has always been, if you want, you know, sort of what I call home mm-hmm. um, between family, friends, and from another side is from a professional point of view. Dubai has been a very sexy, if you want, spot mm-hmm. for you meeting intellectuals, so people like yourself, for instance. Um, you, you you would hardly meet them in the other markets. Okay, not because other markets are not ready, but other markets are still, you know, in the progress stage. Right. Whereas Dubai has very much um, you know set itself on the world map right and when it comes to business it has become the the melting pot or if you want the you know the place to be in the Middle east north Africa region
0: so you call it you call it home for all of those reasons
1: i i do i do well coming from Lebanon a country mm-hmm. where it was you know filled with war and uh, for me dubai is, is home because of many reasons from one side the security
0: i can't remember the last time I locked my house. And uh, another thing is… And thing I agree that, with that as well from yeah, my experience here. Exactly. The security is uh, unprecedented. Absolutely amazing. So you grew up in Beirut. I grew up
1: uh, in Beirut, but uh, the, the first six years of my life were dispersed between Cyprus, between Paris, and between Lebanon.
0: Okay, so you've had a kind of international upbringing. Oh, I have. And you said both your, what was it, you said your father was in finance and your uh, whole family's father in finance. And my and sister
1: were in finance. Okay. And this is where uh, I thought I'm meant to be in finance. Mm-hmm. So did the four years, finance in economics, worked in Maryland, then worked in Bank Audi. Mm-hmm. And I got to admit, I hated the suit and I hated the you know, ties. <laughs> I, I felt I'm more of a, I, I wanted to be in, in, in advertising. I wanted to be in, more in the creative industry. And um, this is where I landed a job with J. Walter Thompson in Saudi. Okay. A country I've never been to before, and an industry which I know nothing about. And this is where the journey started. I see. A couple of years after doing advertising, I decided I would like to do the shift uh, towards uh, client side. Okay. And this is when I uh, got the opportunity to join the Virgin mobile team in Qatar. An absolutely amazing experience. Mm -hmm. If it didn't shut down, I think I would have still been with them right now.
0: What happened to Virgin Mobile in Qatar? Uh, unfortunately. Long story. Long story. <laughs> to make it short, uh, Sir Richard Branson decided
1: to withdraw the brand from okay. uh, Qatar. I see. Um, so after Virgin Mobile, I was really looking for an experience very similar to, to that brand. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to land
0: a job with uh, Red Bull in Dubai. Ah, Red Bull. Here, I have some product placement. <laughs> since I it's doubt, a podcast, since it's a podcast, you can't see right. it unfortunately. Um, it,
1: it was very interesting because I was hired by Austria, uh, the headquarters for Red Bull, mm-hmm. and the mandate was basically to build for them a uh, digital department
0: across the Middle East and Africa markets. Um, interesting job, yeah, really interesting. Uh, a couple and, of years mm-hmm. down the line, what was that adoption like of Red Bull in, in the areas you were kind of in charge of? It's
1: quite interesting.
0: Now we gotta
1: let us let, be honest. Uh, we are not Europe. We are not the states. We are not you know uh, Asia. So digital is still infant in mm-hmm. this region. Uh, companies still, especially FMCGs, still rely on sales yeah. more than marketing, communication, advertising, all of that. So the focus was more on the sales part than on the digital.
0: And you set up the digital department for Red Bull and in, in MENA, basically. I have,
1: in Middle East Africa, actually. Okay. Including,
0: you know, Angola, Nigeria,
1: mm-hmm. uh, Mauritius, uh, Seychelles. That's cool. So it was quite interesting. Um, yeah. I didn't get the support which I was looking for in terms yeah. of, you know, manpower. Yeah. But still we were able to achieve a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, but then I was looking for, and I was, as I was telling you before, mm-hmm. I get bored.
0: Right. And I get bored with... Most people in technology, I like that. Yeah. In other words, you want the next challenge, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Fair enough. So,
1: for me, stuff, when they become repetitive, for me, mm-hmm. this is a killer. Yeah, right, and exactly. Yourself, like myself, we work in this industry, which is changing so fast. Right. So you need to keep yourself updated with what's happening. Yep. And this is when I started working as a consultant. And... The interesting bit is, at that time, Dubai was very much uh, becoming a home for entrepreneurs and small to medium enterprises. Uh, The issue is, not a lot of agencies, I'm talking here advertising, I'm talking digital, social, are accepting to take those... uh, businesses as clients. Why? Because they don't have the budgets. Mm-hmm. So I've decided to basically become a consultant for those businesses.
0: Okay, very interesting, yeah. I, w- I want to ask you in a moment about your concept of the entrepreneurial landscape in yes. Dubai, but let's finish, I want to want to get to your, how you got to Hug Digital. Absolutely. Yeah. So I
1: started helping a lot of those businesses, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it was going absolutely great. Right. Until my door knocked and Hug Digital, you know, asked me to join. I see. Um, Extremely interesting. Uh, what attracted me to Hug Digital was first of all the name. Which, okay, cool know, name. I've never, I've never heard of an business called Hug. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I, I actually, I bought into the vision of the chairman and the CEO, and um, I told them what I have in mind to build. So we agreed that you know they will empower me as much as possible to do. You know what I have in mind to bring
0: it to life And what did you have in mind? What was that pitch like that you made to the chairman and CEO? You see that's a problem in Dubai every mm-hmm. single day yeah you hear about a digital agency
1: that opened right but when you really dig deeper, it turns out that they only do apps or they do only websites or mm-hmm. they do only social media right. so digital is a very big word.
0: agreed and it's there very, are so mm. many
1: verticals underneath digital. Yeah. What was interesting is how digital uh, that they stayed to the core of their offering, so okay. they stay towards that promise. We are a digital agency, and by that, we want to honor the word digital, as in, we want to build websites, we want to build apps, social, mobile, we want to do social media marketing, we want to do influence marketing, we want to do content marketing. Mm-hmm. We're not interested in anything that has to do with traditional media. And we're going to keep pushing the, you know, the, the barrier forward. Yep. Furthermore. Uh, so, when I came on board, mm-hmm. the starting point was basically looking at the social team and I had to I had to really do a major revamp there okay so i I hate saying that, but I fired half the team okay and I recruited
0: a whole new team on board okay um, Restru- we, are, you, we call that what 's the, the euphemism is called restructuring restructuring exactly <laughs> so unfortunately <laughs> it, it, sometimes
1: some hard you know tough calls have to be taken, yeah. Um, and then I wanted to build something called the command center.
0: Okay, yeah, talk to me about this command center. This is very interesting.
1: We live in, a world, in an age where things are happening at an extremely fast pace. People are extremely busy, so they really don't have time for you to stop, knock on their door and tell them, would you buy my product? Right. Or would you spend time with my product? So we want to make sure that brands become part of people's time mm-hmm. without really interrupting what they're doing. So to become part of their daily lives... but in a way that a consumer wants to actually interact with them. Mm-hmm. So real-time marketing is something what we're trying to jump on and the command center would be able to help us with that. We want to try to understand why does a post on Facebook, even if it's organic, actually performs way better than a paid post. What was the reason behind that? Okay. Was it the copy? Was it the visual? What was it? What was the, the science behind it? Yeah. See, data is available to everybody. But right. like the way you utilize that data the way you analyze it and the way you come with conclusions
0: I've heard this in a movie There's a, a movie that somebody says yeah, the exact I've, I've, same I've thing I've been
1: told many times that I'm good it <laughs> <and, yeah, laughs> sounds very <sounds really> cinematic <laughs> yeah. but, but this is the real idea behind yeah. it the command center helps right. with that we did a global partnership with Brandwatch, <coughs> which mm-hmm. is the listening tool, yeah. and we chose that versus Sessimus or Crimson Hexagon or any of those global players. The only reason behind that is because their are Arabic capability. Mm-hmm. Let's admit it, we are in the Arab world. Yeah. Arabic is extremely key. But the funny part is, we're currently speaking English. Yourself, you come from? U- U.S. U.S. Right. I come from Lebanon, right. but we're speaking the same English. Mm-hmm. Arabic, because my wife is Egyptian, Okay. And when we speak Arabic with each other, each in his own language, we hardly understand each other. No,
0: oh, I see.
1: So yeah. Arabic is very, you know, different. It's very... Um, diverse. Pre- diverse, okay. So right. Brandwatch helps us in actually understanding when somebody's communicating in Le- Levant Arabic, mm-hmm. Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, or
0: uh, Egyptian Arabic, or GCC Arabic. So the way... I, okay, so you basically have a series of... You you described it as almost like a series of sort of closed caption TVs or some kind of thing? Yes, eight screens. Eight screens, okay. Um, Each two over, you know, on top of each other. Minority Report kind of setup? Sort of Minority Report. And it's fully interactive? Fully interactive, real time. You get to know what people are talking about, from where they're talking about, what. You know,
1: be it on Facebook, be it Twitter, be it Instagram.
0: You're monor- monitoring every social channel possible.
1: Uh, almost every, yeah, except for Snapchat, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. for scope, we've been able to actually integrate it within our uh, command center.
0: And now, did you hire some like technology specialists? Because it sounds like that's some pretty sophisticated technology. That's right. the
1: interesting bit. We yeah. have our own development team. Okay. So instead of going and paying, you know, somebody to do that, yep. we can do it in house. So okay. why not actually? And we've opened an office in Trivendrum. Mm-hmm. Trivendrum, which is yourself you come from Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to the Silicon Valley. They actually call it the Silicon Valley of india okay and and this is where you know we hired ten people over there
0: mm-hmm. What's the name of the city again
1: uh Trivendrum.
0: Trivendrum
1: yeah okay it's absolutely
0: insane it's it's great and you know, you know the, I know it's really high insurance. level engineers it's are coming extremely from you. high level engineers and you're like outsourcing it to them they had the it's team is there. Office. Oh, you have another office it's a hub there. a digital office, inter vendor. Okay. And they are hub digital employees. I see. So and then they're monitoring and/or innovating this technology that you're Whatever using. we need, okay. we
1: discuss it with them. We tell them, guys, this is what we have in mind. Mm-hmm. Let's create it. So they cool. start testing. They send it to us. We check it out to see, you know, where the glitches are. Mm-hmm. Um, a very interesting, um, when the unfortunate, you know, um, incident for Fly Dubai happened. Right. Um, so what we've done is um, pro bono, without anybody asking for it. We we built a, a screen which basically monitors anybody talking about Fly Dubai or the flight number from anywhere in the world. What material are they publishing? From where they're publishing it? So it was absolutely great. Really seeing, you know, the wave of the news, how it's spreading from one news to the other.
0: So it's like a kind of proprietary listening solution that you created? Listening
1: and analytics, because we've yeah. done also um, global tie-up with uh, hmm. social bakers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was really, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great way, if you want, and it's property of Ag digital mm-hmm. of looking at what's happening in a market, in each market in the MENA region, from a macro level and from a micro level.
0: And, and and so do you license this technology or do you just use it for your company? Right now, a very interesting question because after clients have come and seen them, they've mm-hmm. asked us to start building the command centers for them. Right.
1: So now what we're doing is we're actually starting to build this for them. Mm-hmm. So, so far we've done it for two clients mm. and it's proven to be absolutely great.
0: Because I would imagine that people like, like Hootsuite, Hootsuite mm-hmm. would love this kind of thing. Absolutely. absolutely. I'm surprised how Hootsuite did not actually already kind yes. of do this thing. Right. It, yes. should, it should be. Something,
1: right. um, um, uh, and to be very honest with you, the whole um, uh, I would have to give the whole praise honestly to uh, Dubai Tourism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was in Dubai Tourism about a year ago okay. when I saw the command center. Oh, okay, so and they have something
0: huge. I
1: see. Anybody? So you got
0: the about. idea from
1: that? I got the idea from there. No, the idea has been. I mean, online if you look for a command center, mm-hmm. you find everything. There. Oh, I you have To actually see what Dubai Tourism team is actually doing with mm-hmm. with it. Now, when you're, when you're a brand, you're completely different than an agency. It becomes way harder on an agency because you work with verticals, the automotive industry, banking industry, telecom industry, mm-hmm. whereas them, they're only dealing with tourism and they're dealing with the term Dubai. Right, okay. Um, so, so it's yeah, a little it was, easier. The idea started from, if you want, what I saw in DCM, and it's about how you evolve it. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. The word evolve mm-hmm. is super because the technology of today yes. is...
0: In our field, first you first have year. to be nimble, right? I mean, because particularly if you invest too heavily in infrastructure or hardware or whatnot, in three years, it's wasted money, right? You've got to basically upgrade everything. I even think three years is, yeah. is a long period of time. I would say yeah. even, even before that. So we've got to keep the solution nimble Absolutely. enough. I, I agree with that um, so just to wrap up on this sort of your journey to hug and then you came in there and you innovated the command center what was that pitch again that you made to the CEO and the chairman it was that wow. you, that was that was pretty interesting yeah I explained to them that one I get bored really
1: easy right so I have a couple of challenges that mm-hmm. I want to do mm-hmm. and you know later on its either we jumped into a new challenge or I go on my way. Okay, it's 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 pretty interesting.
0: You basically said, look, you gotta you gotta keep this thing fresh. We've got to innovate, or I'm gonna get bored. Absolutely. I'm out of here. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And it started with the command center. That's cool. Um, so setting up the whole social team. Like when I joined, um, I would say eighty percent of the social team were only English speakers. Okay. And the Arabic was being done from you know, other uh, others through freelancers or another market. Mm-hmm. This formula does not work. Right. We're in the Arab world. Most of the brands in the UE are actually targeting Saudis. I
0: see. So
1: we, we need to have bilingual people. Mm-hmm. So this is where, it's quite interesting because in the team right now, there is an Egyptian, Syrian, Jordanian, Lebanese, um, Saudi, uh, Kuwaiti, and Emirati. I see. And one Iraqi, sorry.
0: So it's about much so more about understanding the market and absolutely so communicating, communicating to it. Really various you know, backgrounds mm-hmm. and because each one gives amazing insights. Yep. Um, the next
1: phase was basically start looking at um, uh, creating an influencer marketing uh, department. Okay, influencers are rising a lot in this region.
0: Sure, and that's so. Let's talk about that. So, well, why don't we talk about your how you approach the influencer piece of Hug Digital, and then
1: absolutely. See, influencers are are as much as I like them as much as I you know I can criticize a lot. Um, I I like to call them content creators rather than influencers okay because an influencer is somebody who actually you know makes you change a decision or take an action right whereas what we're seeing is more of uh, it's becoming more of a financial relationship rather Mm -hmm. than anything else
0: how Um, so how is it becoming a financial relationship an influencer right for him to become an influencer him or her yep
1: they they need to build trust Mm -hmm. they need to create engagement and communication and dialogue with their fans right What's happening is, if you take a look at all their social channels, they've got the amount of followers. So they've got the numbers, the 1.2 million followers, the 1.5 million followers, so on and so forth. But if you look at the comments, rarely any of them are actually engaging with their fans. Mm-hmm. Rarely any of them is actually checking the kind of comments that they're getting. The amount of spam that's on their comments is insane. Yeah. So for me as a brand, let's say I'm Coca-Cola and I worked with a certain influencer. And so what am I getting exactly out of this? This is where brands are getting excited towards the term influencer before really agreeing or deciding what they want
2: to achieve out of this relationship with right. the influencers. Right. Is there is there like a sort of vetting process for influencers? Because like, I know there's now it's, it's growing where people artificially kind of blow up their numbers. And I've seen it firsthand. I, I know somebody who, and he actually got a couple of these little like, Very micro level uh, sponsorship endorsement things, and it's. uh, I'm sure the high level influencers do have a good followership, but like, how do you determine whether it's worth if this person is real or not? Extremely interesting question. Honestly, (laughs) number one, is honestly number one
1: is 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 looking at that person, okay, on which channels that person, which topics that person is talking about and what brands he or she has worked with yep. and most important <clears throat> is how honest, truthful and real that person is. That, this is super important because right now, if you look at Dubai, I would say 80% of the brands are still working with the same influencers over and over again. The Emily Flassi, Ben Baz, uh, uh, um, uh, The Real Foes, who's actually from Kuwait, but they're working with her. Uh, you've got uh, Rashid and Amy, You've got uh, Lady Foza, Foza uh, Lady Fozaza. So it's the same people over and over and over again.
0: And they choose them because they
1: think they're safe bets. Well, they choose them because they think that everybody likes them. Okay. They think that, every, for instance, an influencer called Cherif Fayyad. Yeah. I absolutely love this guy. He, he's Egyptian, mm-hmm. and he moved from Egypt all the way to Dubai. A lot of brands, all the brands want to work with him. He is an influencer indeed, but he's not an influencer in the UAE. Hmm. His effect on whatever campaigns he's doing is way stronger in Egypt than it is in the UE. I see. So his follower base are in Egypt rather
0: than from the UE. So you're saying the value that you're providing in terms of your approach to influencers is doing this kind of analysis that these big brands are missing? We
1: do it on two sides. Number one is the analysis, where we actually try to quantify for them what's the real return on their investments behind actually doing. Number two, it's actually... Regulate in a way the amount of money that should be paid to influencers Mm. Unfortunately,
0: you think there's a bubble around how much they're getting paid insane bubble. Okay, there's an insane bubble What would be the most outrageous fee that you think you've heard about? Well a telecom
1: company uh, in the UAE Paid a huge amount of money for influencers Mm -hmm. and that was that was really insane I heard about one influencer getting 1.5 million uh, uh, dirhams Uh uh, for a whole year sponsorship Okay. Now you told me a whole year of sponsorship. Well, yeah, it's worth 1.5. Not really, because what exactly is the brand getting out of that influencer?
0: Mm-hmm. What are the requirements of the exactly. contract? You
1: know. So the amount of money that was spent in 2015 was insane.
0: If that particular influencer, maybe you don't want to mention who it is. I out of respect to him. Okay. Um, you know, out of respect to him, I don't want to bash or anything. Sure. But I, th- I think everybody
1: knows if somebody from Dubai is listening, they, they would probably know who know this what person is.
0: About. And well, I guess my point is, if that's just one of the contracts they have, if they have multiple contracts, now they're pulling in millions and millions of dollars. They do.
1: You see, you need to understand one thing: The influencers yeah. who are looking for the money, easy yeah. money. Yeah. You know that their lifespan is about two to three years. After Bef- that. Before their
0: popularity wanes. Okay. Not only that.
1: Number one, the trust you know within their followers right. does not exist anymore. Mm. And number two is brands get bored from them because they would have worked with almost 90% of the brands out there.
0: Interesting. Okay, so in other words, they build up all this trust, mm-hmm. then they sort of cash in on it. Exactly. And then you're saying, like, okay, after a couple of years of cashing in, people are, are either, one don't first. trust them anymore? Well, I would say, I wouldn't not say trust,
1: but I would Man. say they... So that's it. So Their that's authenticity it, you know? yes. is sort of gone. You see, just like we're talking about digital here. Yeah. It's all about how much you reinvent yourself. Right. The person who I respect a lot is Tame al Flassi. Mm-hmm. Tame Al she's reinventing herself. She's an Emirati yeah. lady. Right. And I'll tell you the interesting bit about Tame. See, I used to live in Saudi and when my client BNG, when I needed to know anything about the consumers or the target audience of BNG, mm-hmm. we had to basically uh, go and do a research where we request if we can go and spend the whole day in the family's house, you know, take a look at what products they use. It used to be a lengthy uh, project. (coughs) Dame Leflasi, Emirati lady, Mm. she gave me access to her house, she gave me access to the food she eats, to her parents, to the car she drives, to her clothes, to her bathroom, to everything, through the power of content. I see. This is insights.
0: Okay. So you're saying she uses the technology the right way to c- build trust and Affinity, authenticity?
1: Trust. Exactly. Absolutely. And okay. then,
0: what she's doing right
1: now, mm-hmm. is something very clever, she opened something called the Tame Network. What she wants to do is actually start educating young uh, content creators or talented people about how to become, I wouldn't say influencers, but I would say content, good content creators. So she's actually adopting up and rising people. That's cool. uh, And this is my other question. She's training protégés in some sense. Exactly. This is the problem with brands. I have a lot of clients who come to me and tell me I want to work with that influencer and I tell them why do you want to work with that particular mm. influencer
0: everybody's working with him he's great or she's great and that's when it's your job to say hey come on don't exactly. do what everybody else is doing they don't realize yeah. that there are a lot of other people who right.
1: have way less amount of followers right. but the followers that those people have are sincere Right. and the content that those guys are creating is actually very good content yet mm-hmm. not a single brand you know took it upon itself to actually support them and take them to the next level.
2: You know, thinking back on the, the whole, like, the bubble that's being created out of these influencers and, uh, you know, everyone wants to work with a certain influencer just cause, for the sake of, because everyone's working with them. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the studio era in Hollywood, back when you would have a studio who has a, an actor signed into, I know it's kind of different with influencers, but they would just keep milking one actor and it, they Absolutely. just die off and it's interesting you, you tell us that they have such a short lifespan because me as a consumer of, of social media and I see this you know it's it, 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 it it's I wonder like how long can they keep uh, like the influencers being milked to some extent but then they're also milking their followers and let me
1: give it to you in a very very easy way alright yeah. let's say I'm
2: an influencer today
1: I'm promoting Pepsi mm-hmm. in a couple of months I'm promoting Coca-Cola yeah. would you believe me <laughs> and it's happening <laughs> and it's happening right? Right. and it's happening not every single day Right. and I don't blame the influencers as much as I blame their uh, their, their uh, the brands the, the, the brands that are actually working with them mm. it's your job as a brand to actually check mm. whether that person is the right fit for your brand or not contracts are not being signed in a proper way number one Number two is, and this is where, again, I blame the brands and companies. What they do is they're coming to an influencer and dictating on them what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. This is not the way influencers work or content creators. Yeah, You've got to tell them the idea. Brainstorm with them. Right. And see their point of view of it because they know what their followers like and what their followers don't like. Right, good point. So, So it's really not about going and... You know, promote for me that TVC, please. I want to get on it a huge number of views. This is not the use yeah. of an influencer. So see, people think that working with influencers is something super easy. It's actually, it is easy, but it's, it takes time at the beginning in order to get things right in place.
0: Yeah. Well to do it properly you're saying requires a sophisticated approach as opposed to just absolutely slapping some brand onto some popular person right? And
2: also that that was one of the I think uh, and maybe maybe you can give me more insight on this but um, when social media started maturing into what it is now you know a lot of brands you know they jump on social media maybe smaller ones and they just would try to use it as a platform to promote their stuff as opposed to actually giving the community a certain level of value actually Gary Vaynerchuk, mm. one of his like main principles is like give the, the your community some value, you got to give them stuff before you try to mit, like take back Absolutely. from them. Yep. So with the influencers uh, I mean like you said they know what their audience wants and, and they shouldn't just be like you know being put as a poster boy or poster girl for a certain brand as opposed instead of just making actual content for them. See it all depends it all depends. What are you trying to achieve from those influencers? And there are, it's
1: easy. There's two things you can do with them. Either create awareness around a company or a brand or product, or at the end of the day, create engagement. Mm. Engagement is you're asking people to come mm. uh, to a new store. You're asking people to take, to take part of the competition. This is it. it's <clears throat> super easy. Yep. And then again, you need to look at which market you're targeting, which target audience. Are you talking to Arabic expats? Uh, uh, non-Arab expats Asians are you talking to uh, Khalijis you, you got to think of all of that mm-hmm. Tame de Flassie, for instance you know that if you want to target female Saudis it's really good to do something with Tame okay. because the followers of Tame from Saudi are way higher than her followers in the U.E. Mm-hmm. Why? Because she represents the aspiration of a Saudi woman
0: um, okay right? very nice
1: so y- you really got to analyze all of that mm. before you you know Mm-hmm. jump and get excited over an influencer. So it's important to have a human approach. To Absolutely. It as well. Absolutely.
0: Let's shift from that was a great discussion of influencers in the region by the way. Thank you, Thank for, you. for that great analysis. Let's switch over to maybe your thoughts on the Dubai tech scene more generally. Mm-hmm. And I see that you are a, a mentor to both Turn8 and Arabiner. Yes. Arabiner
1: is based in Palestine. Okay. Uh, whereas uh, Turn8 is based in Dubai.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about both of those um, companies and/or initiatives, and and then also just what you think about the status of the Dubai tech slash startup scene. Look, Dubai is home. I like it,
1: but I hate it when things become a bubble, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, this is becoming the norm more than anything else. We are not Silicon Valley, and. I hope we will become one day similar to Silicon Valley, but mm. we're still not there. Okay. But what we like to do is really make big news out of, out of a bubble. You know, we, we like to make things seem way bigger than what they really are. Mm-hmm. I can count on my fingers the number of companies that actually came out from Dubai and were completely successful. Bait.com, one of them, well, it came out of Jordan, but it's doing really good. It's so called? Souk, obviously. Souk.com. The, uh, the first one was. The uh, first one was. Bait, it's the recruitment site. Okay. Um, uh bizzo, obviously. There's nepish uh, which is still at an infancy level. It's a uh, sort of, if you want, a hub where it connects somebody who's looking for a freelancer mm-hmm. versus somebody looking for a freelancer job. I've been, I've been with Turn 8 now, giving advisory to uh, entrepreneurs okay. for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and tell me about Turn Eight, though. What is Turn yeah. Eight exactly?
1: Turn Eight is, is like an incubator slash accelerator. Okay, got so what it. What they do is they uh, they prove people pitch their ideas, and if they if you know if a committee likes what they're pitching for, they bring them on board for a period of a year mm-hmm. until they and then they help them actually sell the products to investors.
0: And and is it a successful incubator? i
1: would say it's okay. Um, I I don't want to bash again, but but. Again, the whole idea is... I'm picking
0: up on some frustration that there there are not enough success stories coming out of the Dubai tech scene.
1: There aren't. No, there aren't. Okay. So I get frustrated. Yes, I do, because lately I've been meeting a lot of people, what do you do? I'm an entrepreneur and this and that, and that freaks me out because (laughs) I think we are milking the word entrepreneur Mm. and we are misinterpreting it.
0: So let's explore this. So. in, my, in the first episode of this podcast, uh, we had uh, Maha and we had Andrew Staples, who's the uh, chief business reporter for Gulf News. And I asked yes. them both the same question like uh, about their thoughts on the Dubai startup tech scene. And I got a kind of similar, not exactly, but in, in a nuanced way, sort of similar to what you're saying, a kind of sense that it wasn't there yet, mm-hmm. that all the components are there, and it's primed that it could get there, but it's not there yet. See, the money is there. The money is there. The money is See, there. that's one of the most important things. <laughs> the money is there,
1: but the okay. proper education, the proper guidance is mm-hmm. not there yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is the part that's really, if you want, missing from the puzzle.
0: Okay. Those
1: the people, education, is education
0: is not there. By that, you mean a kind of savviness about how you build a company, or...? Well, all
1: aspects of it. Number one is, if you want to become an entrepreneur today, Mm -hmm. okay, what is it exactly to be an entrepreneur? Right. So people think that if I came up with an idea, that I'm an entrepreneur. This is not the case. (laughs) You gotta really understand the journeys you have to go through. Sure. And you gotta re. I haven't, for instance, suit.com, for instance, bait.com, and and all of those. they, They, I would like them to be more, you know. I won't say down to earth but more really humble and playing a very big part in educating those educating those people educating those up and rising entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs
0: you're saying you would like to see the successful startups in Dubai doing more of a mentor thing for the up and coming see people I always ask you never
1: ask where the first million came from so right. The thing is and the first million is the tricky part and actually any successful business.
0: Right. In other words, it's the hardest harder it's, to make the first million than the second million. Exactly. Right? Okay. So so thing is
1: what I'm seeing is young, young if you want, young um, young talents in right. the region mm-hmm. but with no guidance. So and it is scary because we're a baby boomers market. So uh Companies are not really, actually, companies have started now playing a little bit of a role. I gotta give a very big high five to Publicis Group and to FP7 for actually doing something about this. Um, uh, Publicis Group decided, they, they did the competition where for people to present their ideas mm-hmm. and if those ideas become successful, they will basically fund it for them and you know help them to bring it to life. Mm. The second one is FP7. I like the model of FP7 more. Mm. Um, I actually, the, the, the person who initiated uh, the, that thing in FP7 used to be my ex-boss, Chad okay. Hindi, and um, he, he initiated something between FP7 and TIE, TIE which is, um, my apologies, I forgot the name of it, but um, it's launched by PK Gulati in the region, Mm -hmm. and it's called FT7 Start, where they basically, what they do is, they get to see what, see FT7 is an advertising agency, and what TIE does is more on the technology side. So they get to see how they can make use of what people are inventing in the technology side to make use of it in the advertising. It's actually a very clever formula.
0: I see, yes. So they're both supporting each other. Mm -hmm. So um, you're, you're pointing to this as an example of the startup ecosystem working well in Dubai because they're cooperating and so some on. Some
1: are doing it really well. Okay. Others are not really doing it that well. Mm-hmm. But but again, you know, I've been hearing a lot lately about this open and that open and this open and that open. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm not seeing them live beyond the one year or the six months. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would like to see that more.
0: So the money's there. The goodwill is there. Hope so. Hope so. Um, but there's an education piece as far yes. as like the follow-through, what we might call the blocking and tackling, yes. the details yes. of how you do this, yes. how you build a business. Absolutely. So, See, uh, mm-hmm. We need more innovation in this region more than mm-hmm. ever. Okay. Uh, whereas
1: what's in the mind of, of those entrepreneurs is I want to build something in order to be able to go and launch it in Silicon Valley. Mm. Why are you? Why do you need to think of going to Silicon Valley,
2: when you have all the means available? Do you think the market here is uh, is big enough for say, like a web based? I mean, I, I don't want to again dilute the, the term entrepreneurship, but like say, and uh, somebody wants to launch like a um, a web based. I don't know if you call it business, but say like what a YouTube channel kind of thing, uh, this sort of digital. Hub. Do you think the market here is big enough? Because one thing I realized with Dubai is the market is segmented in a very kind of interesting way where you have so many different types of people. Dubai is a, an interesting city because,
1: yeah. and this is where brands find a lot of things challenging. They don't know who they're talking to. By talking to the Indian, to the Pakistani, to the Lebanese, to okay. the Egyptian, right. to the British, to the, you know. So it's, it all depends on, at the end of the day, It all depends on the content that you want to do. It all depends on the end objective that you want to do out of this. For instance, an uh, ex-AUD graduate, uh, Haila, which has her channel TV and all of that, she's an influencer. So it's interesting, every week, just for you to know, we host and hug digital, an Mm -hmm. influencer from the region. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, where we, we ask them to talk to us about their journey from being a person to becoming a brand because cool. an influencer is a brand. Right. So, Haila came and she was telling us that the first year, all her videos used to be in English. Mm. And she decided that because they were not performing well at all, she mm-hmm. decided to do one in Arabic and to see how it does. Suddenly, it spiked like insane.
0: Okay, so what? she was missing a big market there. Exactly.
1: Come right. think about it. Female, YouTube, Arabic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. obviously, she's going to get the numbers like insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, it all depends on what are you, who you're targeting, what exactly you want to talk about, what do you want to achieve. I, I gave a speech in uh, Young Arab Leaders in Dubai last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was mainly for entrepreneurs about what advice I could give them. See, entrepreneurs are so much busy with the idea that they have mm-hmm. that they forget how to market that idea. Sure, yeah. So, they forget the purpose behind coming up with that idea and we, we live in a world where you know I can I can send you this card and tell you it's a it, this card costs a million dollars or I can tell you it costs two cents it's it's all about the power of marketing the power of how you promote something yep the proper uh, the, the power of how you make people believe in what you're trying to sell them right. so my advice was to them is go back to the core Of what exactly your product is all about. Yes, focus on the product, but focus as well on the purpose of it and how you're going to market it. Mm -hmm. Mission statement and vision statement are all just statements. The purpose is way beyond that. Right. Uh, So it was quite interesting, you know, talking
0: to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's about, you can really market any product you want. Sure. Uh, It's about how you do it. Messaging. Yeah. Uh, Steve Jobs was obviously like the grandmaster of that. what are some of the because you talk, you speak, you uh, essentially mentor at both Turnate and Arab Brenner. Um, what are some of the promising startups uh, right now in Dubai and promising entrepreneurs? Companies that you think have potential to
1: um, the UCar is it called the UCar? the one where you can you can, uh, like drive or something? You no, drive yeah. You drive. I think it's a brilliant concept. Okay. I love it. Okay. I absolutely love it. It's uh, on, on a weekend when you want to go out, and I will take it instead of taking a car. And then after I'm done with it, I just leave it there, and somebody else takes it. It's absolutely great. It's like it's like uh, the Uber of rent a car.
0: Okay. So basically, Interesting.
1: I want to go from one place to the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I do is I open the application, Mm. and I say, I want to rent a car now. Mm -hmm. It directs me to the closest car, (laughs) close to me. I go there, I put the code, the doors open. I sit inside the car, the key is in the dashboard. I (laughs) take the key, I drive the car. When I'm done, turn off the car, put the key in the dashboard. Go out and put the code again. The door is locked, mm-hmm. and somebody else can okay. Uh, so uh, through my credit card, it
0: takes out the the numbers. And this is a Dubai-based entrepreneur who built It's a Dubai-based, it. yeah. Okay, and it's nowhere else. It's um, only available here. Uh, as far as I'm, as far as I know, no, it's okay. not anywhere else. This is interesting. It's so kind of this was you know. born out of a need mm-hmm. in the market, right?
1: And out of a vision. Dubai, right. as much as possible, want to start minimizing the amount of cars that people are driving because. Everybody's moving into environmental friendly, into mm-hmm. you know, carbon dioxide less mm-hmm. uh, emissions of all of those. So it's a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. It, it really resonates with me.
0: And how do you forecast the future of this company then?
1: Um, I would say it would work quite well. I, yeah. I can't really say. <laughs> not. This region is, is very funny. It keeps changing. Mm. But I think it would. Uh, I think one thing they need to work on is spreading the word of mouth better about it and getting in, in a better way. Okay. I think they're not doing that because so far they've only got about a limited number of cars in the market. So I think the more they get cars, they will start more, working more and more promoting it.
0: So that's a funding issue then? It,
1: I would say it is, it is a funding issue, okay. but they are on the right track, absolutely on the right track. An idea has to be built out of an insight.
2: Yeah.
1: Or, as you it, said earlier, a market need. Exactly, right? a market need. Right. So this is where, for instance, in Egypt, mm. there's, a, there's an app called the Mm-hmm. Be all like it means uh, it tells you. Mm. We know traffic jam in Egypt is insane, and this app tells you everything that's happening. Okay. So every single person in Egypt is living on this app.
0: Oh, we have the same thing in the U.S. i oh, forgetting the name, but anyway, there's a total exactly the same yeah. kind of the app. Waze Ways. Ways. Yeah. Uh, so it's absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's all based on the market need.
1: Mm-hmm. Egyptians need that,
0: right? Need it that it has like little icons to show you where the police are everything, and where there's a traffic, traffic jam and okay, everything. And you lights, communicate in real time, to communicate in yeah. real
1: time, right. advising each other right. about don't go here, right. don't go there, and so. that's
0: what it's based on. It's Brilliant. the as um, a web, like, uh, web two yeah. It's like this, you know, people are sharing their, their absolutely observations. Yeah, uh,
1: it's a. Uh, For instance, in Lebanon, there's an idea that came out. But again, would you be, is this a big idea? No, but I'm talking about they are starting in the right direction of thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Electricity in Lebanon keeps going on and off. Mm -hmm. They created an app, which tells you, based on the area where you're in, how it counts, basically, when is the electricity going to come or going to go. Right. Because people keep forgetting, when did the electricity come, when did it go? And it tells you all of that.
0: So what do you think are the hot... Opportunities like what are the markets within the Dubai tech scene where there is opportunity for some kind of successful innovation? <sighs> it's a tough question because if you had, if you know exactly what it is, then you can obviously start a company Start and, and do make, it, make yeah. a lot, <laughs> make a lot of money. But uh, just but I would, rare, say, I would yeah. say content, content, content. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you really need proper companies that do content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I'm talking about content is from various areas. Okay. One is from uh, content marketing, uh, content creation, doing content with influencers, mm. creating studios for, you know, it's like it's like a kind of a school, but for you know content creators. I see. We definitely need that.
0: Yeah. You don't think that there's enough content specifically for the region, in other no. words?
1: Okay. And what I'm talking about content is content that actually lives online and not content like a TV commercial or anything of that sort.
0: So you're saying that a ripe opportunity in Dubai entrepreneurship is around creating high-quality content for this Uh, region? High-quality online content. High-quality online content that's very well-formulated and or targeted. Yes. Okay. Very
1: well thought of. I haven't seen any... I mean, maybe I've seen one or two brands in this region Mm. who have actually mastered the five seconds piece of content that appears on YouTube. Mm. Why nobody has done it? Why? You I mean, mean the pre-roll ad?
2: The pre-roll ad. Yeah. yeah. So why hasn't hasn't any brand, now you're going to ask me, why have I not done it? Actually, that's a really good point because uh, sometimes I'm on YouTube and uh, sometimes there's a, uh, like in the five seconds or something mm. that immediately gets the point to me. Obviously, I always just kind of skip Yeah. Mm. I want to watch my video, but there's the ones that after five seconds, I like it told me what it is. I got the concept, and I actually got something out of it. Then there's the other ones where it's like, the first five sec, like those five seconds are part of like a longer thirty exactly. second intro. So like you know five seconds of just like a, a quick like they like a fade in to, and I'm like okay that was useless. Exactly. Wasted your time. <laughs> right. M- right you know? Absolutely.
1: Markets interesting markets. So again, as much as the is super interesting from doing connections, from you know seeing what's really happening. Mm-hmm. I have to say that my heart has always been in markets like Saudi, mm. Egypt, you know, Jordan, Lebanon, mm-hmm. uh, or Kuwait. Why? Because I know exactly to who I'm talking and I know exactly what ticks with those people and what doesn't right. tick with those people. Right. So uh, over here it gets you know segmented because I am talking to so many different people. Mm-hmm. So the idea can get lost and mm-hmm. you can get overwhelmed with it. Mm-hmm. Over there, um, you know, you can really focus on what you want to create, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, the means that are available in the UAE are not available in all the other markets.
0: That's that's interesting. The so UAE is unique in the multicultural, multicultural challenge. Of it. yeah,
1: and you've got the infrastructure, which is right. super needed, right? And uh, the interconnectivity. You know, right? You're super close from traveling to anywhere you want, uh, talking to anybody, reaching out to any
0: people you need. In my humble opinion, what what's Going to be required are some really key success stories. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Silicon Valley has so many. Exactly. Um, we just need at least a few, a handful of some big. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Companies that just really go international. And this has been a really fascinating discussion. Thank you. I really, I really enjoyed this. We've been here. I, I got to give you a really
1: big praise for what you're doing. It's it's really interesting because I'm sure this is. Gonna be, I mean, getting speakers from all over the industry here mm-hmm. is gonna help a lot of your students. Yep. In actually knowing, getting a full 360 idea of what's happening in the you know, be it marketing, communication, digital, you know, social, yep. uh, scene.
0: So, that's that's I'm, the idea. I'm happy to see AUD doing that, really. This is amazing. Thank you. Yes, I hope it's good for the students, for the university, and it's also, I hope, a resource for people like yourself, like professionals working in the Dubai digital scene scholars, anyone who really wants to know more about that scene. I have people in the U.S. I'm connected to who say, I'm interested in Dubai, I don't know much about it, and I'm listening to your podcast. So <clears throat> it's basically, it's you know, I hope it will be a resource for people who have an interest in what's going on here. And over the course of time, as we have more informed discussions like this, ideally what will occur is it will begin to... Uh, flesh out themes and begin to understand better what's going on. As you say, from a 360 degree perspective.